and purpose. And the best way to do that is not for me to do a lot of talking, but get into your word, look at what your word has to say, and understand you mean business. And we'll never have to guess or be discouraged or deceived. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One, one other note about this is that um, there's a passage of scripture, I, I believe it's Matthew 7th chapter, where he, he mentioned that about, I never knew you. And he said, didn't I do this and didn't I do that? You know what the word come out of all of this? Not excuses, but the, the person was deceived. They actually thought that what they were doing would make a difference when all the time God says it's not what you do is who you are. And what makes who you are is what we need to go through this morning. So I'm not in a rush. If I, if I run out of time, I got my time, folks, then I'll stop here, part two. I, what I do want to do is to make sure that you understand this, okay? So um, let me click this on. <clears throat> so as we talk about the analogy of God's love, and we're using two passages of scripture, and so as we go to the passage of scripture then, um, we start with the first one, Mark 12:30, and it says, let's read together. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. The first thing God wants us to do is, and remember we talk about spiritual and physical, God says, I'm more concerned about where you are spiritually than where you are physically. Physically, it has a limit. Spiritually, is unlimited. Physically, it's going to end, it's governed by time. Spiritually, is timeless. So then as we go through this then, we look at the other passage of scripture. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is God. And whosoever love has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God, what is it? What is love? In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. So you're going to find that the key that we're talking about now is love. There are some, some foundational things that are critical in our walk with God. And so when we, when we talk about that, number one, we must always operate from our source, God. And his agenda is always from the positive, uh, from the positive position of love. So number two, we must be careful not to mingle any of the world's view or activities with the purity and principles of the word of God. You set up a level one, the word of God. I don't care what the world says, I don't care what they do, listen, always start with the word of God. Not how people feel, not how groups are responding, it does not matter as far as God is concerned. God says, I'm setting this up and this is how you're gonna flow. I don't care what the issues are, from discrimination and when it comes to uh, sexual orientations or whatever you want to use. You don't, I don't go out and argue with them about that. I start from, here's what God's word says, and I stand with God's word. Well, one of the key things God says, the word that I want among my people, 
the word that you are not to take for granted is the word love. You are to agape love, that agape love. And we talk about the other type of love, but the agape love is the type of love that God gives you when you are, are saved. You, we know that we're passed from death into life because we what? Love the brethren. That's the key in our lives. When love is missing, now we got problems. Okay? Number three, we must embrace and take ownership of our love for God. We're responsible for growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which means that our love will grow. See, it's already embedded in us when you're, when you're saved. So you don't have to look for love. You already got it. All you have to do now is unpackage it. But you need to understand that love is not a feeling. Love is what? It is not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. Feeling might go along with love, but love is not a feeling. Whenever you get to that point of, of doing that, because people say, well, I don't feel love. Well, love is not, God's love is not a feeling. Inside of this circle of uh, agape, storge, you know, and phileo, uh, all these uh, others that have it in it, that's in agape, in the big circle. But God's love is commitment. Total commitment and obedience to his word at all times for in every situation that you're in. God's love. And so uh, there's one other thing. We must make sure that our top priorities is the Lord, not our worldly agenda. What is your top priority? When I wake up in the morning, I need to make up my mind. What is my top priority? I know physically there's some things I have to do because of the time. But what is my top priority starting from the spiritual realm? If God enables you to open your eyes, at least you can open your eyes and say thank you. And now you don't have to, you know, regardless, I mean, that's very easy. We teach our children, say thank you, you know, say thank you. And then the Lord says, wait a minute. I'll wake you up in the morning, and you're telling your child to say thank you because you don't want them to be ungrateful, and you get up as if you own the day. Excuse me. Number five, we must realize that love is a spirit-given gift an ability to stimulate, motivate, and minister to the lives with an eternal impact. So that when I realize that the love that God gives me is a gift, then I cannot step outside of the boundaries. He's given me love, and he, he first says, love God, love our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And then he says, we have to love our neighbors as ourselves. He said, and on these, Hang all, see, uh, the apostles, all of the, the things that the apostles have said. Hang these on this very thing. So what we to do is we are to learn how to love. And one thing that you'll learn starting in Genesis, starting in Genesis, God says, let me show you how you love. The first thing you do, love always gives. You know when a person is stepping outside of love? They want people to do things for them. And they get upset. And you don't love me. And the Lord said, but love always gives. All through scripture you find God giving and giving and giving. When man messed up, God gave his son. Giving all the time. The love of God. The love of God that compels us. The love of God that drives us. So, 
thinking it through. As we uh, think it through, success or failure in our life will weigh heavily on how we hear, receive, and live with the love that God has placed in our hearts. For a better understanding, let us uh, look closely at the dynamics of love in these verses. The first one is the pattern of love. Then we'll see the profile of love. We'll see the principle of love. Then we'll see the presence of love. First, let's start off with the pattern of love. When we talk about the pattern of love, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been what? Born of God and knows God. Now, now understand something. Whoever loves, whoever gets to the point of saying, everything from this point on, I'm going to obey God. My whole life is tied around obeying God. God says, you know how I feel love? Not by what you say, but what you do. Don't tell me you love me and you're doing what you want to do. Hang with the people that you want to hang with. Save the love for somebody else. That love does not apply to me. And so that's where we get this. And anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. Isn't that something? Anyone who does not love the way God wants to be loved does not know God because God what? Is love. Not God loves. His very essence is love. God is love. Therefore, because of who he is, that's why he does so much. That's why he keeps forgiving you. That's why he keeps loving you. That's why when he saved you for eternity, he wanted to hang out with him forever. And guess what? If forever, guess what he's going to keep doing? Giving and giving and giving. We, it's beyond our comprehension, the awesomeness of God. If we just looked at the universe, we were talking about that, the universe and all of the solar system within the universe, and then they're talking about the black hole, and God is main, maintaining all of this. Know all the stars by name. That's the one who loves you. And then this little speck of the earth. He sends his son die to die for one of the most grievous sins that goes against his holy nature. And dare we who say that we know Jesus Christ and do not commit ourselves to obey God in everything dot. Period. The request. That's verse 7. It is achievable. I want you to read out to me, okay? It is achievable. It is expected. It creates a spiritual bond. And it enables God to tremendously bless the relationship. It is a sign of spiritual maturity. Got a few more. It requires the act of obedience to God. It is a call to a life of self-denial. It will equip you to handle anything that life has to offer. We live right now in a, in a day and time all over, all over the world. Believers are being persecuted. 
And as you lie in your bed, think there are some who are on the run and have no place to lie their head, lay their heads. And to think that all of this is happening, but they're committed to obey God. Because the love of God will make these things start working in you. And the first thing that he will start doing is you stop being selfish. Because we were born selfish. Look at a baby. A baby is born selfish. Baby don't care. Baby, when the baby starts hollering, don't care how you feel, what type of day you had. The baby, if the baby says, I'm hungry, the baby says, I will not stop crying until you feed me. He said, well, praise the Lord. That was the infancy stage. But all oh, they get older. Let's, let's, let's kick it up two more years. And then all of a sudden, this word, mine, mine, mine. And they, they'll take it from another child. They'll, take, they'll hold on to things because it's mine. And the Lord is saying, here's what happens in the spiritual world. Not your will, but God's will be done. And it's at that point we begin to understand the type of love that God is dealing with. God is saying, you love me by doing everything I say. Not some of the things. Everything I say. The reason why a lot of our churches are having problems, oh, they have the choirs and they have all these other things. But I've been doing the counseling, I've been counseling some of the people who I see directing on television have come to my house for counseling. When I see the background of their counseling, uh, of the counseling, and how they have lived their lives, then I'm saying, why are you? doing this on television when this is what you're doing in your private life. God says, no, no, no. It's because it starts in the spiritual realm. We have decided I'm going to come to church and give God maybe an hour, two hours. They might not be talking too long now. If not, I'm going to get up and get out of here because I have the rest of my day to live out. And you know what, you know what the crazy, crazy silence on that? God does not say anything. He's silent. God doesn't react to us. He acts, not reacts. If that's, when you, that's how you're going to act for this week, fine. He'll let you act. But oh, by the way, remember, be not deceived. God is not marked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So when we talk about this whole idea of love, it says here, here's the request that we love God because God is love. Then, reason B, the foundation of love is that it comes from the very essence of God who, uh, God who is. One of the key characteristics of God's love is that it is always giving tirelessly. The results. Loving God's way will confirm two significant things. Being born of God and knowing God. You see the progress there? The first thing is, you're born of God, and then you get to know him day by day. And the more you get to know him, the more you begin to, here come the emotions now, you begin to love him and to worship him because you know him. Not because someone telling you, clap your hands, stand up. No, no, that is, I mean, that's, that's a group participation. But what do you do in your quiet moments when you're with God all alone? That's very important. That's key. The reality, check uh, 
reality check, a loveless life is indicative of a godless life where there is no relationship. A person who, um, who does not love does not know God. They don't know what you're talking about. That's why we stand out. That's why people can't understand how can a person come into the church and shoot these folks, sit through the Bible study and then get up and shoot these folks and then look at what the, how the church responded. Not with a march, but they got on television and said, we just want to let the young man know we forgive him. We forgive him. And people are say, I don't understand because that's what love is all about. Don't let anything, anyone take you to the negative end because that's not where love is. The profile of love, verses 9 to 13. As we look at the, the profile of love, it says this, it was demonstrated by God's revealing the only means of salvation. And this is the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Man messed up. Matter of fact, he knew when he created us, we would mess up. But in messing up and Jesus Christ dying for, for us, we are more than a physical creation. Now we become a spiritual creation because of Jesus Christ. Now we can hang out with him forever. God is going to get rid of all evil. There will never be a mention of evil again. We'll be done with that. It has, it has established the order of priorities. John in his love, not that we love God, but the conjunction with the function, that he love us and send his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Here's the level, not that we love God. We sing the song, oh, how I love Jesus. Some folks might even cry, oh, how I love Jesus. You know, we sing the song, and God said, no, 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 no. It's not so much that you love me. Don't you ever forget, I loved you first. I loved you before you were born. I loved you through your trials. I loved you through the time that you didn't understand me and you, you talked back to me. I loved you when you were totally depressed. I loved you when you were hit with all type of things around you. You thought you were going to act your heart, seem like your heart was going to break. I loved you and, and stopped pulling you out and, and giving you better days. I loved you because my love is the kind, love goes to the extreme to bring you back. That's God's love at its best. The analogy of God's love, don't ever think, don't ever say to God, God, why you did this to me? For here's, here's the reason why. He's not going to answer you. <laughs> because God said, why do I have to, I'm keeping this world together, saving souls, and I have to answer you about what I planned for your life, and I put it into your life because you're one of a kind, there'll never be another one of you, and I want to use you very specifically. Why should I answer you? God does not, he had not answered Job, or some of the others in scripture, he would not answer. And if he did answer, like Paul, he said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul said, well, okay, whoa, whoa. Then this, 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 you know. Then I, more so than I will glory 
in my affections. You see, it's not God changing. We have to change. And it was a growing experience for Paul to say, oh, okay. <laughs> you said no. You mean no. That means I have to change. Amen. What a pattern we need, need to follow. If God says no in your life, accept it. Don't be brooding over it. Keep going. It has a specific pattern that must be recognized, received in practice. John 1.11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to what? He said, if you understand what love is, that I love the world, gave my only begotten son, that I keep on loving and keep on loving, and I told you that I am love. Say, then here's the next level. Here's the next level for the believer. The next level for the believer is you are to love one another. Notice what it didn't say. It didn't say love sinners. Although we should. I mean, that's, that's what love does. But he puts it in the family first. First things first. He says, love one another. Who's the one another? Every born again believer in Jesus Christ. And guess what? Every born again believer in Jesus Christ will not be talking right and being nice to you. You can find some rascals who are still uh, growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You're going to run into some very difficult things. But God is saying, I expect you to love. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that type of love? Are you ready to live out that type of love? Because <laughs> test time might be tomorrow. The test time might be today. It, it, it might be you at the gas station. It might be while you're on the road. It, I don't know where it is, but whenever you run into something, the issue is not what's happening on the outside. What God is looking at is what's happening on the inside. How will you respond? And I told you over and over again, this is, this is my pattern. Whenever something happens to me, the first level of response is, what is it that I have to learn? What is it that I have to understand through this whole process? Once I understand that, you see, then I can look at it from God's perspective. I can begin to look at my circumstances because everything that happens to us are character builders preparing us to hang out with God forever. Whatever happened to us is, it has, is time sensitive. It won't continually happen. So whatever happens to us, don't be stuck on what happened yesterday. Or you keep looking back. Don't be stuck at what happened today. Or you'll be complaining. Don't be stuck on what's going to happen tomorrow because you're not there yet. I think the most important thing is that we just stay with the Lord and learn to know him. And the more we know him and serve him, the greater it begin, we begin to love him from our, all our hearts, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. It confirms our standing with God and each other. 1 John 1.12, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us. Here comes this word in 1 John. 1 John is a great word. It has a lot of great words. First, it starts off with love. You're going to see love going through this. And uh, matter of fact, that first verse that we read, is, I think it was about seven times it kept mentioned. Love, love, love. Now, all through this, all through John, it talks about one segment. It's going to talk about love, love, love before it goes into something else. But God is saying, here's the very essence of being a believer. You should be known by your love. 
your sacrificial love, you're dying to yourself. And if you're struggling with that, then it's t- it, now is the time. While you're still breathing, take a deep breath. While you're still breathing, do something about it. Amen? It says, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. I think it was um, uh, Mark 15, I think it is, where it talks about the whole idea, uh, Mark 8, 15, when it talks about the whole idea of um, abiding. Uh, uh, and then that abiding, abide in me and I in you, for apart from me you can do nothing. The Lord says, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. If he has given us his spirit, there is the fruit that comes out of our lives. You begin to bear much fruit because you're hanging with him and you love him. You obey him. What things have you not obeyed God in up to today? List it. A lot of folks want to list the blessings, you know. God bless me with this and God bless me. What things have you not obeyed God today? And as you look back and say, boy, I've been doing this for years. And God's been telling me about, I need, if I say that I love God, I need to deal with it right now, today. Today. And the decisions you make today has already carved out your tomorrow. The principle of love. Verse 14 to 17. If we go to the principles of love, the report of confirmation, here's what the disciples said. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. The requirement. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. See how simple it is right here? Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. In order to confess, you have to believe. In order to confess, you must receive it and believe it and respond to it and embrace it. And once you, you do that, this confession uh, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, God abides in him. Because in the confession, now notice that it didn't say, what it didn't say. It didn't say whoever acknowledges or thinks on or feel. There is something that you have to own up to. Confesses that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And in our world, what we live in now, you better not say Jesus. They'll jump on you to get off. People get an attitude. You can say everything else. Allah. But the moment that you say Jesus and we Dare not step down from our position of being one of a kind and knowing Jesus and loving him and to be able to confess it to God and then convey it to others about your love for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The results. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, it said that, as I said it before, as repetitious, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Notice the whole issue we're talking about. What's that one word we're dealing about so far? Love. What is it? 
his brother. It didn't say he should love his brother. There's an imperative here. Must love his brother. I keep referring, I, I say this and take this very quickly as we move to a close. Reflecting back to this video clip that we saw, reflecting back to the anticipations and everything else, he was so glad that all those things were happening to him and realized Jesus Christ said, I never knew you. Do you see why he didn't know him? Let me jog your memory just a little bit. When you look at Revelations and you look at the first church of Ephesus, and when you look at Revelations, the first church, church of Ephesus, I know your works. He says, I know all the things that you guys are doing a beautiful job. Let me clap on that. He says, but I have one thing against you. You do not love me like you used to. Do you think you're talking about emotions? He said, you have got so busy wrapped up in doing things that things have been uh, the, the satisfaction to your soul, not me. You're so busy wanting to do this and that, and some of the things were good things. I saw how you handled the Nickelodeons uh, and, and uh, the Galatians, rather, and I said, hey, I, I understand that, but wait a minute. If you don't clean up your act, if you don't remember, repent, and return to me, I will punch out your lights. I will shut you down. Sadly to say, the church of Ephesus shut down. If you look geographically where it is, Muslims now possess it. But yet, do you think God st stopped loving? You look at Revelation, God always give. I know what your case is, but you know what? For those of you who hang, hang in there, and for those of you who have gone through a whole, whole lot, I don't want to let you know, I haven't forgotten. One last thing. We have been born again with the DNA of love and is to be released in our lives to glorify God, be a blessing to others, and enable us to mature in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The analogy of love is that the world cannot love each other. There's nothing that the world can do to get us, they said, we should love one another. Ask them, how do you do that? And they have spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on trying to get it together. And people acquiesce to the pressure without making the change. It's almost like telling a child to sit down. They sit down and say, I'm sitting down on the inside, but I'm still standing up. I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm still standing up on the inside. The world does not know what love is. But we know what love is. And God is saying, don't misunderstand this. I read the arguments, and uh, I went on YouTube, and uh, 
I went to, to Romans, you know, to look at the various ways about the, uh, would you confess your mouth to the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart, thou shalt be saved. And, and I ran into at least eight different arguments and eight different reasons why. And I said, that's interesting. You missed the point. Here's the point. God expects you to realize you're a sinner. You can't save yourself. And that Jesus Christ died for your sins. But before that, I want you to understand, God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. To reject the son is a slap in the face to God. So regardless of what we think we'll say to God, it will not matter. Because he says, this is how you treated my son. However you convey that, do it. Don't get hung up on methodology. Do it. Tell others, Christ died for you. Tell others the shocker. If you don't accept Jesus Christ, you are going to hell. Oh, Donald, you're too sensitive. What? Wait a minute. If you don't tell them and they don't listen to you, guess where they're going? To hell or the lake of fire. We have the responsibility. If it doesn't come from the church, where is it coming from? So we want to go into the neighborhood and talk about the goodness of God? Tell them. Let them know. Because unless they understand that God's love and his power and he's trying to save us from himself. And he's working very hard at that. It blows my mind. Really, it blows my mind. The awesomeness of our God. That he can keep this whole universe together. And still be concerned about you, 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 you. In your pride. In selfishness. And still holding on. And God said, I'm still loving you. And while you're breathing, you have a chance. And so the theology of love, the analogy of love is this. God is love. And, flow, and from that he gives to us daily. Before I turn in at night, I, I kneel beside the bed and I, I rub the bed. I said, well, why do I love the bed? Because I love sleep? No. As I rub the bed, I think about all those believers who have no beds. In the, in the countries and, and how disturbed they are. And here I am turning in for the evening. And dare I not, dare I get into that bed without getting on my knees and saying, Lord, thank you for showing your love. You didn't have to. The reason that you're sitting here right now is because of God's love. Guess what? He didn't have to. And regardless of how you act, it won't change his love. He's consistent. I can rest on that. I can have peace on that. I can plan on that. That all things work together for good for those who love God. Can you see that word? That those who love God. And so the whole idea is this. 
God is able to do exceeding abundantly more than what we can even ask or think. So in closing, I don't know how your love has been. I don't know how your walk with God has been. But do know this. It's time to make a decision. Lord, I need to love you your way. Make that your priority. Know why? The moment you make that your priority, you'll never regret that decision. I'm talking even to believers. Lord, I need to love you your way. And you perceive love as my obeying you with all my heart, all my soul, and all my mind. No ifs, ands, and buts. My prayer is that we get there as quick as we can. Father God, thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for what um, has been shared here. I want the shocker and then the whole idea of going over some things that we already know. We read that verse already. But the whole idea of remembering it and then, Lord, reapplying it if we slip back like the church of Ephesus to reapplying it by turning around, repenting and turning around. So that we'll be in a position that will delight your heart. And that we will bear fruit that will glorify you and impact lives. Help us, Lord, to take you seriously. And that that will be the first priority in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen. If you stand with me.